They say there are no new ideas, that everything's been done before, but there are always new opportunities, especially in the fast-moving world of beauty. Some are trends, some are powerful shifts. Take the lash industry, for one. But when do you know that an opportunity is worth seizing, and when do you go all in? Well, that's what we're talking about on today's episode. Creating the beauty business you dream of doesn't have to be hard. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place key strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, the right systems, and being willing to stretch your comfort zone to boost those confidence skills and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly, and your success is inevitable. Problem is, that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. It's the number one podcast for independent beauty business owners just like you, dedicated to helping you grow to get the clients and the money you want without all the stress and the worry, and most importantly, without taking up all of your time. My name is Adam Chatterley, and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years. And now I'm going to help transform your business starting today. Does anyone else remember Big Brother on TV? It might still be on, I don't know. But I remember that each daily episode used to start with the narrator or the voiceover person saying something like, day 46 in the Big Brother house. And then an overview of kind of what was happening that day. This was in the UK version. It was a chap with a Northeast accent, as I remember. Although I imagine it was probably different all over the world. Although it would be funny if it was the same voiceover guy in each country. Anyway, I don't know about you, but every day when I wake up at the moment, I imagine that same voice announcer starting the day, day 63 in the lockdown house. And today, Adam's looking for frogs in the garden with Georgina and Franklin. Cut to a clip of me and my two kids hunting around the garden for hours in time-lapse photography because three days ago, we found one frog and now the kids insist we find more. Oh well, keeps them entertained anyway. So that's me and my brain. Don't know about you. Maybe I'm losing it. Maybe I'm imagining voiceover people narrating my day. But hey, we've been confined largely to our homes for a long time. So what do you expect? But that is not what we're talking about here on today's show. Today, we're talking about ideas and opportunities with a very special guest. Now, apparently, there are no such thing as new ideas. And I think this is largely true. Now, even when you think of seemingly brand new ideas that have changed our world recently, you know, in the world of tech, things like Uber, Airbnb, Deliveroo, things that have very much changed our lives, they're not really new ideas. You know, we've always had taxis. We've always had short-term lets and food delivery, the idea itself isn't new. It's just a better, more efficient way of accessing that idea. So does this mean that we shouldn't even bother trying to be creative when struck by a new idea? Should we just think, oh, well, I'm sure someone else is already doing it or someone's already done it better or something like that? Well, not at all. In fact, if someone else is already doing it, then that just means there's a demand for it. And that's basically a green light for you to look into it even more. Now, today's guest on the show probably wouldn't describe herself as a serial innovator, but I would. Now, she's made several huge shifts in her life and in her work, calculated ones that have paid off big time that I'm going to let her tell you more about. You see, when you spot an opportunity, how do you know that it's actually an opportunity at all? How do you know when something's worth more of your time to look into? Maybe it's a new treatment. Maybe it's a new product line. Maybe it's your own product line. Maybe it's a new area of work altogether. Maybe it's creating your entire new segment of the beauty industry. Well, how do you know when to push yourself forward, when to back off, and then when you really think something could be big, when you should go all in? 
And that's why I took away from my conversation with Jade Jones, Lash artist extraordinaire and founder of Pre-Jades. Now, I've actually never had so many people in the industry suggest that I should have someone on the show before. Seriously, if there was like a nomination league table of people that other people I respect in the industry have told me to interview, Jade would actually be the clear winner. So let's get into it, shall we? Here is my conversation with Jade Jones. So I am delighted to welcome to the show today, Jade Jones. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Now, I actually heard, in fact, uh, yeah, I heard about Jade first at, I keep going on about this event, the last social event that I went to last year. And everyone in that that world has just welcomed me in with with open arms and it's been very very lovely but so many people had told me you need to get jay jones on your show so i i reached out on the new world of instagram and uh, and got in touch with you and here you are today oh that's so kind <laughs> that warms my heart to know that people would be recommending me they did. Uh, the lash social that was my first time i've been to the event actually but i've Every time they've had their online competition, I've entered. So I've kind of built a relationship with Genevieve over the last few years. But it's it's a brilliant event. It is. It's fantastic. I did, Generally, my favorite event of last year was fantastic. Cool. So for those who don't know who you are, Jade, um, can you tell us who is Jade Jones today and what exactly is it that you do? So Jade Jones, the business name is Jade Jones. Jade Jones mm-hmm. is obviously my name. Um <laughs> I specialize in eyelashes, so eyelash extensions. I have been lashing full-time for um, four years, trained six years ago. I am trained in qualified in classics and Russian volume Mm -hmm. and specialize in pre-made fans, which is kind of a technique that is being used more so in recent times. Yep. I have a training academy, so yep. we teach people how to apply lashes. I have a few girls that work in my salon that do lashes. I do actually offer aesthetics as well, so um, Botox, fillers, semi-permanent makeup. Right. And I guess that is kind of all of the little bits of the business, but it's all kind of within the same sector. Got it. Okay. Now... We were having a bit of a chat. We had, a, as I usually do, have a little chat with people who are going to be on the show just to sort of find out a bit more about you for myself. Now, what I really found interesting, that seems to be happening quite a lot, certainly for me in the world of people I work with who are in uh, semi-permanent makeup and also lashes, it tends to be that people are coming to these uh, aspects of the beauty industry from some other career that they had previously. And that's the case with you as well, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I've been speaking to quite a few people over the last week who are all saying the same, kind of like five or 10 years in a different industry and then leaving. I was in finance Mm -hmm. for 10 years. So I left school. I left school. um, I went into college at my school at 16. Mm -hmm. My family moved away. I didn't want to go. So I stayed. I left school. So I was, I just turned 16 rented a property and got a full-time job. So wow. I started in property. So I've always been in that industry. Um, and I initially worked for a company that did the searches for people buying houses. So the environmentals, the drainages or the drainage requests. Um, okay. And then left, got a job in finance, started in sales support and 
if I'm completely honest, saw how much money the financial advisors were earning <laughs> and thought, I want to be for that. I, I, want don't, that. I don't want to be admin. Um, and I did, I think I took about 14 exams oh. um, in the first few years and got my certificate in financial planning, certificate in mortgage advice and diploma in financial planning. So I was a qualified financial advisor. By the time I left, I actually ended up as head of compliance for a firm in London. I'm very much interested in the detailed technical side, I think, which works very well with the industry I'm in right now and and where I am. Right. So yeah, I did that for 10 years. Okay. And what was it that made you, what was it in the end that made you want to leave that and move into the world of doing lashes? So I was still working in finance when I trained in eyelash extensions. My youngest sister, um, she was like, I need need to do something. I want my own business. I don't know what to do. At this time, I had no interest in eyelash extensions, but I knew they were going to be big. I had mine done. Everyone was starting to have them done. I said to her, you need to train in eyelash extensions. Go and train with the Eyelash Emporium. They're a company that are around the corner from me. Mm -hmm. So she went and trained and she just couldn't couldn't get on with it. She, She didn't like it. Um, and she said, I don't know what to do with my kit. And I was like, "Mm, maybe I'll take it and I'll go and train if you don't like it. Because I genuinely believed in it back then. Um, so I went and trained alongside finance, didn't really think that I would leave my finance job. Um, one of the reasons I thought I would train is my boyfriend is a workaholic like me. He was working so many hours and I just thought, if I do that, in addition to my finance job, it will stop me moaning at him. It will give me something else to do. So I trained. I really enjoyed it. Decided to leave finance. I worked in a predominantly male industry. Um, they were very young. It was a very young company, kind of in, bet- I would say, between 18 and 35, the whole oh, company. Okay. Um, the last company I was with, there was about 35 of us. We left a bigger company, started a new company. And you can imagine guys at that age, working in London, earning good money, um, a little bit arrogant. And they didn't, they didn't really have any respect for me. And you know, my job was to head up the company. I couldn't do my job without the respect that I needed. Right. So I left without another job to go to. Knew that I had eyelashes and that I could make a bit of money doing that. Mm-hmm. Looked for another finance job, found one, told them how much I wanted. They offered me the job and then they retracted how much money they were going to give me. So I turned it down, thought, right, I'm just going to do lashes for a month, see how I go. And I, not to talk about money too much, but I did um, 2,200 in my first month of First month. Wow. So I was like, what is going on? I gave myself a target of 600 and I thought, that's, that's okay. That will cover me. It will help me survive. I moved in with my boyfriend. He was covering the mortgage. Um, and I thought, you know what? I could make a career out of this. If I managed to do that in one month and market it and get the amount of clients I have, I think this is a good direction. So I where did those clients come that. from, those first few clients? So we're really lucky. In Made, I'd moved to Maidenhead um, mm. to live with my boyfriend from London. I didn't yep. know anyone. He'd introduced me to a couple of his friends. So I did their lashes as case studies. Right. And I took loads of pictures. There's a, a group where we live called Maidenhead Gossip Girls. I think there's quite a few of them dotted around these gossip girl groups. Right. 
and it's full of women. So when I joined to Maidenhead, there was 3,000 women in it. Now there's 11,000. And you're not allowed to promote your business in the group apart from the first of the month. So it keeps it really nice, really interactive. People don't leave because the post is not spammy. Um, But outside of the first of month where you can promote your business, people can post and make recommendations or ask for recommendations. Right. I just took loads of pictures, Mm. got my friends to join the group. (laughs) Nice. And like once every couple of days, I would just send them a picture and say, can you please post this in the group for me? Make out it's your lashes, say how amazing I am. And then I'd text all my other girlfriends, comment on this post, say how good I am. Love it. A bit Um, of guerrilla marketing going on. (laughs) (laughs) Cheated my way into it. But it was my real work. I'd done the work. um, And... Also, I would get, I can't believe I'm even saying all this. I would get one of them to post in the group and say, can someone recommend eyelash extensions? <laughs> I <laughs> love it. I'd get my friends to comment in this group and say, oh my God, I know someone really good. Jade Jones, you've got to go and see her. She's got an offer on at the moment. And I'll get her to post a picture within the comments. And then someone else to do the same. So actually, I probably only had five clients at this point, And the perception on Facebook was that I had to Yeah, loads. Amazing. I love it. Um, and I guess that's kind of how it started. And, you know, most of the women in Maidenhead were in this group. And at that point, you know, this was right at the beginning. So this was six years ago. I only went yeah. four years ago. There weren't many people doing it. So I stood out. So that's an interesting thing. Something you said a second ago, you knew, you said you knew that lashes were going to be really big. What, how did you know about that? Because I was wearing them. Okay. So you just saw it was, this is a, a, a big thing that's happening in London and it's just yeah. going to spread. I, this was actually when I was in, before I moved to London, I lived in Surrey. So I okay. grew up in Surrey, lived in Surrey. Um, and I, I, one of my friends trained in eyelash extensions and she used to do mine. Um, and obviously I used to see a lot of people. I was quite social. I had a lot of friends. All of my friends started getting them done right. by this one person now, we were paying her, what, 50, 60 pounds an hour. Mm. And again, I was just like, oh, I want a bit of that. <laughs> this looks nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I just had a feeling that it was okay. that it was going to be big. It's like nails, isn't it? You know, nails are huge. Everyone has them. Mm. And that is eyelashes now. My clients would rather have eyelashes over nails. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's the way that's the way it's going. I, th- I see more people with lashes than without uh, around my age. Not right now, obviously due to the lockdown, but generally. Need a website for your beauty business? Nope, not asking you, I'm telling you. You need a website for your beauty business. And I don't mean one or two pages online linked to a web address that cost you more money than you wanted to pay. You've got no idea how to keep up to date and actually, you're secretly a little bit ashamed to tell people about. Yeah, if your website isn't actually bringing you new clients and making you more money, then sorry, you don't really have a website. Not to worry though, there's a simple solution, a smart salon website. Yep, a website that you control, that's built on WordPress, only the most powerful and stable platform for websites in the world, and specifically tailored to have all the pages, the plugins and the tools that a growing salon, spa, clinic or solo beauty practitioner needs. None of that worrying about if it looks good on desktop and mobile. We've done all that for you. You just need to fill in the blanks with your own words, add your own images and your logo, and then hook it up to your email provider, then you're done. We'll even give you a head start on getting the number one spot on Google in your area as well. Online booking? Yep, 
Email capture, already there. Facebook pixel tracking, included. Landing pages as part of the package. How about your very own online shop to sell your products and gift vouchers? No problem. And all for one simple one-off price. And you know you can trust it too, because it's brought to you by the very people that produce this podcast. So they say that if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Well, Smart Salon website is the exception to that rule. So if you need a website, if your existing website just isn't up to scratch, check out a Smart Salon website. It's easy too. Just go to smartsalonwebsite.com. And remember, until the end of May 2020, there's $50 off just for listeners of this podcast. All you need to do is use the coupon code PODCAST50 on the checkout page. Now, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so you, so going back to your story then. So you, um, you'd done this first month. You thought, well, I'm earning a decent amount of money. If I can do this in one month, where, where can it go from there? So what was the next move you made? I think I just carried on. <laughs> I, to be honest, I had trained in semi-permanent makeup. So when I left right. my finance job, I had actually saved to buy a house through working in finance because I used to do a lot of extra hours for mm-hmm. the guys. I would get like paid cash to write all their reports. Um, <laughs> so I managed to save a good amount for house deposit. And when I moved in with my boyfriend, I moved into his house. I invested the money. So I did invest into the business. I did invest okay. into, you know, having a website and marketing documentation. Um, and then I spent 15 grand on a semi-permanent makeup course. So some of that 2,200 was me doing some of the semi-permanent makeup, but that was quite slow because they were, they were case studies. Um, so that was, that contributed towards it. And I just carried on from there. Generally, when you see a client, they're going to become a regular. So I had quite a lot of clients in my first month and they all came back and then they recommended their friends and it just, it just grew from there. And it was just me doing lashes up until two and a half years ago where Mm -hmm. I took on my first person and I was doing like some days I was doing seven days a week before I had children I was just it was crazy and that was just because of demand yeah absolutely I wasn't I wasn't doing the best job that I know I can do now but I was happy my clients were happy if I'm honest I used to see clients weekly for half an hour which is which is nuts they would come every week at half an hour and I would literally just have clients in and out throughout the whole day. I'd have one client at 12, another client at half 12, another client at one, another client at half one. Wow. This is, this is just the crazy thing about this industry that, that I've kind of sort of stumbled into and, and everything I hear about it just keeps surprising me. The, the, the demand for it, the volume of it going on, the, it just doesn't seem to be any, any sort of limit to how big it can get. It's crazy. And ever, you know, I've got clients that range from 18 to 75. Wow. Okay. So to be honest, my, my preferred age range, age range is the the mature client because I prefer the shorter style. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess my clients are older, but now, yeah, I don't do the half hour appointments. Um, <laughs> you've, you've learned from that. <laughs> I do my job properly. And luckily, lots of my clients from day one are still with us. They don't necessarily see me because I don't lash as much anymore, but they see my girls. Um, so it's, it's really nice. I, my life now is lashes. My friends are lash friends, lash artists. It's really weird. I'm kind of in this like 
lash bubble. World, there's a lash bubble. It, it, <laughs> it is. I can imagine it like this big bubble of, of just lash stuff, lash friends, clients, lashes everywhere. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a it really is pretty cool. Industry. Right, we're going to get on to what you've been doing more recently in a second, but I just wanted to bring into something different to the show. So this is something that we're doing. Some quick fire questions to um, kind of help us get to know you a little bit better, if that's okay with you. Yeah. So first it. of all then, coffee or tea? Oh, coffee recently. I've only just started drinking coffee probably in the last year. I didn't like it, but now okay. I have coffee, mate. Coffee, mate. I was going to say, how do you, how do you take it? What's your uh, preferred brand and, and style? Coffee Mate, I was introduced to by Vicky Rugg on Maven Artistry's weekend. So I didn't ever drink it. And now I can have Coffee Mate. I enjoy it. One sweetener, Coffee Mate. So it's nice and creamy. Basically, it's not healthy at all. <laughs> the unhealthy like <laughs> Because I've got a sweet tooth. <laughs> at least you're using sweetener rather than filling it with sugar. So that's at least something. But is that better? I don't know. At least Marginally. It's fat. I guess so. Okay, holiday, snow or sun? Holiday, snow, or sun? Oh, sun on holiday? As in skiing or skiing or beach holiday, I guess. Oh, beach holiday. I've never been skiing. Okay, cool. There we go. Well, I would your... love to. I love adrenaline. I just haven't been yet. Haven't managed it. Put it on the list. Um, and where's your favourite place to holiday? Oh, do you know what? We went to the Maldives just before I had my first son three years ago. It was paradise. Yeah absolute paradise i've never been anywhere more beautiful in my life that's where that's where you go back when you can go back on holiday again if i could afford it <laughs> we'll, go we'll go back at some point okay next one pizza or pasta pizza i could yeah. eat pizza every day me too i really i really genuinely could but what's... i only like margarita see that was going to be my next question what's the follow-up okay so a, a basic good old-fashioned margarita sometimes i'll get jalapenos on it and i'll pick them off just because i like the flavor <laughs> nice okay then so takeaway home cooked or in a restaurant oh i love a restaurant yeah definitely no washing up no cleaning yeah can't be a restaurant we'll be looking forward to going back to that so and then final question on the quick fire so what is the thing you're most looking forward to post lockdown <gasps> freedom <laughs> just general going out freedom. do you know what i've missed because it's sunny just sitting in a beer garden Ooh. with my friends and having a drink Yes. I miss that. Um, obviously, I miss my work, my clients. Yeah, just, yeah, it's just weird. It's just a very strange, very strange time. So the freedom, I guess that's probably the most obvious answer, but no, I like it. Mind. I like it. That's good. Right. So let's get back to uh, your story then. So now the one thing that I keep seeing everywhere, in fact, the first thing when people started talking to me about, you've got to have Jay Jones on the show. The one thing I associated with you, because it's kind of all over your Instagram, are these things called pre-jades. <laughs> now, I'm not obviously a lash artist. Um, I think we've established that. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about what exactly what pre-jades are and then how they came about? Pre-jades are, I guess it's a brand. It's weird to say that I've got a brand, but I think it's a brand. Of course it's a brand. <laughs> um, it's a brand of pre-made fans. So... Pre-made fans have always been a massive taboo um, like application method, I guess, in the industry, mm -hmm. a taboo product, because years and years ago, they weren't very nice. They, were, they had big, thick, bulky bases. And when you're applying eyelash extensions, you want beautiful, fine 
bases that look lovely on the natural eyelashes. So when I trained, I used pre-mades almost from the get-go. I wasn't trained in them, but I don't know how I stumbled across them. And I guess that's how I used to see clients in half-hour intervals because right. I was using the fans. I could give them more coverage in a less amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I knew they kind of weren't accepted in the industry, I kind of just kept myself to myself, did what I did, and I was happy. I didn't push myself in the lash world um, because I didn't really think I needed to. And I decided at some point that I wanted an academy. And to have an academy, I needed to train in Russian volume. Okay. So I didn't train in Russian volume for a long time because I used pre-made fans and I didn't think I needed to. But I had followed someone called Bryony, um, Bryony Barkley, on a group called Lash Obsession, which is one of these Facebook groups that everyone's on. Um, loved her work. So I went and trained in Russian volume with her and really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, the Russian fans were much more beautiful than the pre-made fans I was using. Mm-hmm. So started to do Russian volume a little bit more. Um Bryony took me on, I trained in the November and she took me on as a trainer in the January. So really quick, she took wow. me on as a trainer. So I started to fall in love with Russian volume and not love the pre-mates quite as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went and trained with Trina Dialhorn, Maven Artistry. Yeah. So she is um, based in America. She's mm-hmm. an incredible lash artist, businesswoman. She released 10 spaces in the UK or in London and they literally went within hours. I was really lucky to get a space. It was a weekend training. She's very much about, you know, being honest to yourself and creating these beautiful fans and creating a beautiful business. And I went away and I was just like, oh, I want to be like that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I've taken inspiration from everyone. Um, I want to make my own fans. I want to do the best job possible. I want my clients lashes to be healthy. I don't want to use these pre-made fans where I'm limited because they're not the best product. So by this point, I had one girl working with me. She'd Mm. been with me for a few months. All of our clients had pre-made fans. I came back from this training and said to every one of my clients, I'm scrapping pre-made fans. My girl Alana's not using pre-made fans. You will all have Russian volume. I'm going to give you more time, which means I'm obviously going to charge you more, Mm. but they're going to last better. They're going to look better. You're going to have more volume. Um, they'll be better for your eyelashes. Luckily, everyone supported me. All of my clients were just like, you know, we're happy to follow you. You know, you know, you know what you're doing. Um, and I reviewed it a couple of months later, and I would say probably 98% of the clients said, I appreciate what you're doing, but we're spending more money, we're here for longer, and we don't notice the difference. Wow. So from a technical eye, obviously I could notice the difference. Yeah, yeah. But from a client's point of view, they were just like, would you consider bringing the pre-made fans back? And by this point, I'd started to make a bit of a name for myself in the industry through training under Bryony. And I'd outwardly, openly said, I've scrapped pre-mades. I'm not using them anymore. (laughs) Very public announcement. (laughs) Yeah, massive public announcement. You know, I don't don't want to use pre-made fans. And then I was like, oh, shit. Uh, What am I going to do? I'm going to have to, like eat my words and tell everyone that actually I'm going to start using pre-mades again. And by this point I was training in Russian volume. I was a bit scared to do it. Um, I spoke to Bryony about it and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to 
bring out some pre-mates because mm-hmm. my clients want them back. I know that there's got to be beautiful pre-mates out there that are going to be as good, in my opinion, as Russian volume. So I started testing lashes from anywhere and everywhere I could find them, you know, Southeast, China, Korea, anywhere and everywhere. Um, and I've still got them. I've got hundreds and hundreds of trays in my little salon at the back of the garden. And I guess I probably spent between six to 12 months testing them. Um, I got all, all of my lash artist friends on board. I was testing them on my lash artists. They were all giving me feedback on retention, on curl. Um, so by the time I'd settled on a range, everyone kind of knew what I was doing because I was marketing it. I was posting stuff about these pre-made fans. I was talking about it everywhere, um, getting my friends to post it. So yeah, when I launched, I'd sent you know all of these lash names in the industry samples to try to get reviews well, yeah, from them. That I was sharing you, everywhere. You so, built this anticipation because you were sharing the journey that you are on finding these lashes. So by the time you'd found them, everyone must have been desperate to know which one she gone for. Absolutely. So I launched in January last year, and I remember the first day I went live, and the orders just came flooding in. And I remember the feeling. I was so happy and so proud. And nervous, obviously, because I was thinking, what if I get them and they don't like them? What if their clients don't like them? Um, And it's kind of just grown from there. And I have, you know, like so many amazing artists that use them and love them and praise them. Um, Yeah, I just feel, I feel really lucky. I think, I think it's amazing. And, and yeah, I mean, I can testify to the fact that, that people clearly think very highly of you and of them, because like I said, the, the, I don't know huge numbers of people in the industry, um, in the lash industry, but like I said, so many people, not even prompted, had said, you need to get Jade onto the show. So it, it's clearly come through, all that hard work has come through in the industry. So well done. So lovely. Thank you. So um, so that's kind of what you're, you're up to now. So I wanted to ask you, Given that you did have a, a career uh, before you got into doing lashes, I just wondered because y- you clearly saw this, you went on this journey that you just explained about and, and you saw this um, kind of gap in the market for uh, good quality pre-made fans and, and you went and did the search and the research and, and filled that. So I wanted to know what, what things consciously did you bring from your previous career into this one? I guess when I was in finance, we so I did all of the research for the financial advisors. I looked into the markets. I like helped them make the recommendations on where clients should save their money. So that's always kind of been etched in my mind. Like I'm very good at saving, mm-hmm. so I do save my earnings. And what I don't save, I generally invest okay. into me, my business, investments. Um, so I guess I've taken that away. I you know, I don't, I don't have debt. So it, it makes, it makes my life easier. The money I earn, I can spend on making my business grow. Um, I did write down reinvesting, saving, not spending. I guess that's it really. Just being sensible with money. You can't, you can't work in finance and have a bad credit history or advise people where to invest their money without, without, you know, pushing that forward for yourself. Um, I guess, I guess that's the main thing and the drive. I don't know where, I don't know if that comes from my old job or not, but I've always worked really hard. I've always worked long hours. 
um, and seeing how successful people are. Like most people are successful because they want it and they work hard and they work long hours. And the people in London that I was working with, they do work long hours. They Mm -hmm. do work hard. And I've definitely taken that away that kind um, of work work ethic and and drive 100% the amount of hours i work is crazy <laughs> so go on that sort of similar tip then so if you could now go back those 4 6 years um and share with your younger self just going into this industry three things what three things would you take that you now know now and share with yourself then when I think about the pre-maids mm-hmm. and where I am in my journey now, which I'm so proud of, if I hadn't worried about what everyone else thought about them, I would have started long before I did. So I think it's really important. If you believe in something in this industry, then go forward with it. Because I was so worried about what other people would think about pre-made fans and that they would judge me that I changed something that I shouldn't have changed and that I didn't need to change. So definitely believe in yourself. And if you believe in something you're doing, then push it forward without worrying about what other people think. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion in this industry. And if it's healthy and safe, then I just think go for it. And I think that's a really hard thing to learn because it's scary in this industry to be individual and do that. But yeah, I think that's probably the most important lesson I've learned is to just go with what you believe in. I think it's interesting because I think on, on the one hand, you could look at the uh, at the beauty industry as a whole and also the the sort of section of it that's just the lash industry and, and think, oh, well, it's already very established that, you know, I couldn't do anything new. I couldn't bring anything different to it. But actually looking at it, it still seems very, very much in its infancy in some ways. This industry is always, always going to evolve. It's never going to stay the same, ever. And people are going to invent new styles and application techniques all the time. And you can be that person. There there is so much going, like, like for example, the pre-made fans. One of my friends recently bought out, she went and trained in New York and bought out this NYC style, which is like a wispy Kim K style. And she's doing amazing with it and that's just a style that she's brought into the industry that everyone is jumping on at the moment um you know we started with classic lashes in they they were really heavy and then we moved on to russian and then we moved on to pre-mates and now there's loads of different techniques i just think if, if just find your own way yeah so is there anything else that you would uh that you know now that you wish you'd known when you started out um i guess Do you know, as you grow within your business and your business grows, it definitely gets harder, 100%. So when you start out and you are in your own little bubble and you're you're not kind of in this world of potentially being judged, it's really nice. And when the, the bigger you do get, the more open you are to maybe people disagreeing with what you're doing or... Yeah, not loving everything you do. <laughs> and I find that really hard. Right. So I guess I would go back and say to myself, do you know what, this is going to happen. Not everyone is going to love what you do or who you are. Um, but, you know, that that's their own opinions. And to, just to try and put that to the back of my mind and push forward um, 
is something that I try and do because you know, not everyone loves what I do. And I, I do find that hard because I'm so passionate about it. It's funny how many people do say that, you know, it takes, it, it, there's no way to learn that earlier other than learning it yourself, but you cannot please all the people all the time. And whilst you should never set out to annoy people, the sooner you accept that everything you do is going to have its fans and its haters, the the easier your life's going to be. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then I, the the third thing I just put, just, just be kind. I think you yeah. get in life what you put in. Um, and I think I'm really lucky that that is one of the things I try and live by and therefore it has paid off really well for me. And I have a huge support from lash artists in the industry who, who make what I do amazing. I have to say that, that for me, just being exposed to this particular part of the industry for a while now, since, since last year, I just, I cannot get over the, the support and the community and the collaboration that that there is it's just it, it, for an industry that let's face it is made up almost entirely of women it's such an incredibly supportive um community it's it's strange that this little like like i say lash bubble exists like when it was just me lashing day in day out i didn't even i didn't know about it but there really is this huge huge industry of women that really support each other. We give yeah. we give away information and advice for free to help people because it helps them. It feels good for us. Um, everyone is supported by so many events in this industry. Mm. It's it's strange that we all get together for. Um, I'm in various WhatsApp groups with different lash artists who are kind of at different levels, um, and we we all talk all day every day. It's it's really really yeah. lovely. It's way strange. more positive than negative, absolutely, for a big group of women. Hugely. And there's so much heart in this industry. It's, it's uh, yeah, and it's very nice. They all seem to be asking me to be at the events, which is which would have happened if we weren't where we are right now. But <laughs> uh, Well, I, I think the event is in September, isn't it? Genevieve's next event. Genevieve's is in September, and we're all keeping our fingers crossed that that's, that's going to be still going ahead. I think a lot of the others now have kind of bitten the bullet and accepted that it's not going to happen this year and have pushed them all back to, to next year. Um, but yeah, I think that's another thing as well. I think we're all looking forward to when we can start getting back together with our, whether our industry peers and going to the events and catching it's up. And so hard. I've got so many things that I need to push forward, but you, but we just can't. Um, yeah. It's very sad, but it will it will be amazing when we all get back to it. I'm excited to see how everyone is going to push themselves and, um, I guess yeah, make a name for themselves. I think a lot of people are trying to do that at the moment. Yes. Yeah, I definitely think so. I, I, there is definitely a, a theme there of people are, are now accepting that it's been really, really tough, but everyone wants to come back stronger. Yeah, we will. I'm really will. excited for that. Jade, thank you so much for spending this time and sharing your story and, and your insight in the industry as well. Where can people find out more about you and follow you and, and generally socially stalk you online? Um, my Instagram and Facebook account is by Jade Jones. Unfortunately, I couldn't have Jade Jones. If you search Jade Jones, you'll find the gold medal Olympic (laughs) taekwondo champion. Um, or Jade Jones from Damage. He's married to Emma Bunton. Yes, it's by Jade Jones. And my website is just www.jadejones.com. Um, I'm quite active on social media. So I'm kind of on there every day. So you can kind of follow my journey through there. Excellent. And thank you very much. We'll put all those, uh, we'll put those links up on the show notes pages as well. But once again, just thank you so much for sharing 
your story with us today and being on the show. Thanks for having me. Cheers. I love how humble Jade is, making it sound like she was surprised by her success when actually, probably, unbeknown to her, she'd stacked the odds in her favour. She'd kept her eye out, she'd spotted an opportunity, sense-checked it, but most importantly, wasn't afraid to go for it when it really mattered. And how do you know when it matters? Because it matters to you. And that's really the best measure of any opportunity. Does it matter to you? After all, wouldn't you rather fail doing something that was important to you than never try at all, to never even see if that idea had legs and whether you could pull it off. And don't forget, we now know that FAIL simply stands for first attempt in learning. Maybe your idea still works, but you just needed to have a go at it in a few different ways. Maybe it's a new lash technique or a style that you've been working on. Maybe it's not new, maybe it's a variation, a quicker way, a cheaper way. Is there a product that you love 80% of, but know you could make it even better? So a new idea doesn't have to be a new idea. It can be an old idea done better. In fact, most so-called new ideas are exactly that. So I ask you, what opportunities have you had that you haven't acted upon yet? Hmm? So a huge thank you to Jade for being on the show today, for sharing her time and her story with us. I hope you learn from it. I hope you find it inspiring. And maybe, just maybe, you can apply it to your own work or your own life as well. So that's it from me for this week. Until next week, stay safe, take care, keep positive, and soon we will be back open. Speak to you again soon.